This news day is for December 23rd, 2020. It's been a heck of a year and we're finishing it up. So yesterday, actually today and yesterday, uh, the news was kind of big. So let's go have a look at it. By the way, we'll have Noros on the show. He's a leader of Fraternity and Winter Coalition in just a few minutes. He's a little bit busy right now, but when he arrives, we'll have a talk with him about one of the news stories that involves him. So today we'll talk about the Keepstar that went down in Delve. That was NOL, TAC M9. I think that's a historical system for Delve in general. And uh, there was a Keepstar in it, but there is no more. And it was the first Keepstar taken down uh, by force. Also today, Fraternity lost a Leviathan. That was Noros, I believe. And uh, we'll find out how and why. Also, interestingly, in Wormhole Space, there's a Russian guy, uh, we think, who is multi-boxing and reinforcing the heck out of everything in high-class wormholes. So we'll have a little look at that. And uh, also there are some events happening because it is the holiday season and this is a Christmas event called the Griffin Ball, which is uh, supposed to be something, I think, based off Harry Potter, if I'm not, sure. I'm not mistaken, and it is with Griffins. Uh, so we'll have a look at that a little bit later. The big news uh, is the Keepstar went down in NOL. For those that don't know or are not familiar, uh, I'll show you on the .lan that it sits in the middle of Delve. NOL is here. I'll mark it up so that you can see it a bit better and the significance of it. It used to be that uh, you could uh, ha you had really great jump range to everything. So if I were to do a jump range for let's just say super capitals although this was at a time when mostly it was a capital jump rather than a super capital jump uh, you can see you can control a lot of space uh, from that one system and if i were to actually do capital fleets because you know you would want to drop dreads on anybody that was in your systems or anything here's capital jumps now I'm showing you this, but it has changed quite a bit. And you see you cover more territory because super capitals don't have the same range that capitals have. And that was true, I believe, a long time ago when carriers could really jump. That's why they were called suitcases because a NELSEC player would finally get into a carrier and be able to put all their ships in there that they needed, logistics ships, battleships, whatever. And in doing so, they could use the carrier as a suitcase because it could jump nine light years, I think, with skills instead of seven or whatever it was. I forget what the jump, the light jump ranges were, but, but carriers were the furthest jumps, uh, farther than anything else, I believe. And so and it, Null served a very useful position militarily because you could jump to a lot of things and defend a, a lot of Delve. Uh, from it. So that's why Null is historic. It's also, I think, where Band of Brothers would headquarter. It was a capital city um, a long time ago. You can see you can control entrances to a region. Let's zoom out of that. It's the green dot there. So that's Null, N-O-L. It also is a system that was one of the NPC stations that CCP put into the game. I believe they put in over 100 or close to 100. And those were very special because uh, they were not player made. They were just uh, created as strongholds. And so Null was 
the NPC station that you could conquer and therefore install yourself and your ships uh, in the area as a permanent resident. And that's how Saab worked a long, long time ago. And even, it's funny enough, Hilmar was talking uh, a couple of days ago on the fireside chat from CCP, and he said, what's natural in EVE is to be able to hold a system if you can control the gate. What's not natural is asset safety and the solve wanding and uh, all the mechanics that allow small groups of people to participate in, in solve as well. And Eve started as a place where you controlled space you could control militarily because you were there with enough firepower to control it. And uh, you could fight over NPC stations at the time, and they would never be destroyed. They would just switch hands. So if you defeated the station, then you got to park in it, and whoever was in it couldn't park in it. So as soon as they undocked, they couldn't park again. And uh, so it was Null was very, very important because it was an NPC. It was an NPC, or basically a station out there in the middle of nowhere. Until players started building up other stations uh, that matched it, so Null lost a little importance then. <clears throat> Okay, fast forward to 2020 now. The game is 18 years old or 17 years old. Uh, and uh, you have the Imperium moves into this area, uh, especially Goon Swarms. We'll call it Goon Swarm. That's the Condi guys here. And they populate the whole area and they put key keep stars in different areas strategically. Uh, so they are chained together. So you can jump from one keep star to the other and you can have mobility that's relatively safe for your arsenal these capital super capital ships so they put uh i think many many keep stars down some of them have already been destroyed in peripheral areas like Quarius and period basis and even fountain um, so now in delve there has not up until now been a keep star that has been forced into destruction you've had one that was stolen in transit as it was taken down and tried to move out and that was i believe in right here in KTAC 6. And then a few days later, right next to it in WTAC-K, you had uh, the Imperium successfully unanchor a Keepstar and try to transit it out with a freighter. But the freighter was intercepted and destroyed. And both of those are Keepstars that were in Delve, but they were uh, not forcibly taken down. Okay, fast forward to yesterday. And what you saw right after this show, about 24 hours ago, was a giant armada. You remember we sent you over to Ron USMC so you could watch it live. And uh, they took down that Keepstar and there was no defense for it. Uh, a defense fleet could not overcome the amount of firepower that was unleashed on it by Pappy. So the Imperium stood down. If we look at local chat, there's over 2,000 people in system, 250 of those characters were in Titans. And I believe 143 were in Supercarriers. And there were like seven Vendettas, which are faction Nixes. Uh, very expensive ships these days. They're especially expensive, the Serpentis line of faction ships, because they're not necessarily a rare loot drop, which usually spikes the price, right? Because there's only so, so few of them out there that uh, the price is high because they're so rare, but they take about the same amount of minerals to build. Uh-uh. Serpentis is different, and it's the only faction that's different. 
it takes like four times the actual materials to build that faction. Uh, so it means even if you have a blueprint, it's going to cost you about four or five times the normal price of a Nyx just to create it with minerals. And as you know, scarcity has made all minerals uh, go up in value, some more than others, but the overall index is skyrocketed in November. Actually, in October, it's kind of frozen in November, which means the vendetta is worth a lot of money right now. Okay, so the Keepstar went down without much of a fight. There were some people uh, in system that were not defending it as a fleet, but there were some people maybe trying to pick off or maybe third partying or something. I don't know. Uh, but there wasn't anything scrambled in, in a particular way. Ooh, thanks for the raiding party there, uh, large quaif zero. So DJ Retirement Fund, the Goonswarm Federation Keepstar in Knoll, N-O-L, Tech M9, that's in Delve region, was destroyed yesterday by the combination of Pappy forces, which primarily in this case was NC Dot, since they were the one that reinforced it through shield and then through armor. Uh, but everybody showed up for this one. So you had Test there, you had Horde there, you had... Uh, everyone else that's part of this uh, ongoing war. Hey guys, welcome to Talking In Stations. We're doing news for the day. All right. In other news, let's see if we have... We still don't have our guests, so I will uh, skip this, but Fraternity, namely Noros, lost a, keeps, lost a Titan, actually, a Leviathan. We'll come back when he arrives. We're going to have him on the show. We'll talk to him about this loss and what was going on. And I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> when he gets here, you'll know too. Okay, skipping to other news. I believe this is... Actually, let's go to the wormhole news. I didn't write down the other news, so... No, it's right here. Uh, Initiative and Goonswarm have roaming gangs that have been hunting efficiently and catching uh, multiple XIX and uh, Rorkles. So resulting in two fights, and uh, they've totaled their destruction uh, over 110, or sorry, 100 billion in the last two days, which is a lot of killing. Let's have a look at those kills here. So this is in Detrid, uh, FMH TAC OV. Uh, this is Fire Coalition. You can tell by Legion of XX Death there. That's uh, the main group in that block. But you also have Razor Alliance. Those are both notable names. Uh, and looks like this bomber fleet from Initiative, which is uh, typical for the Initiative. They do roam around in many, many, many bombers. Uh, it's usually a surprise attack. So these are hundreds. Let's see if it tells us how many bombers there were. It will. I just can't find it. Here it is somewhere here. Stealth Bomber. Oh, I guess this only records how many were lost, but that doesn't make any sense because I saw a lot of bombers uh, in red. You see this red? That's them being destroyed, and that's definitely more than two. So I don't know what that summary is uh, about. So the initiative taking on some people. Okay, let me grab uh, Noros here. Hi, Noros. How are you? Hey, Noros. How are you? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How are you doing, man? All right. Uh, we're going to 
we were just talking about some success that initiative was having with bombers but uh, as long as we have you here i wanted to take advantage of your first person information here so did you lose a leviathan uh, yesterday for me yesterday so that was yesterday for you um we we had a fleet it was for Jakaros app in the same system and the fleet concludes Aphrodite. So I jumped in, bridged my fleet back home. Uh, I forgot it and went back and went to bed. So you, so you went to yeah. bed, uh, you bridged your fleets and then you went to bed? You, you just can't resist the, the bed at that moment. Yeah. Just sleep. Sometimes, time. Yeah. sometimes it calls for you after yeah. a long fleet. Um, so when you um so you bridged your guys they got home okay and how many accounts are you working with that you would forget a leviathan on the field i don't this is my first leviathan so it could be okay. the first time maybe yeah but how many accounts are you running at the same time um two three and no more than four. not much hmm. so you, the rest are in station pretty safe yeah so I'm just trying to figure out why you would forget an account uh, that's open unless you're using like five or six accounts and you just lose track of them or... Yeah, there was multiboxing like account, but um, it just leave there. Yeah. Okay, so you were multiboxing eight accounts and you got some of them put away, but then you just went to sleep because you were tired after a long fleet. And, and yeah. then the Leviathan sat out in space. After a long day. Yeah. After a few long days. I, I've been doing U times on fleets recently. Mm. And yeah, so I tend to sleep in the, uh, in the China times. That's when I know not much content or anything going on. Yeah. It's unusual that we have a time at this time, just around it. So usually I'll sleep. Yeah, well, this is not the first Titan that you have lost. I wonder how important Titans are to you. Um, I do believe in, well, you've lost a Leviathan before, right? Or, I'm pretty sure this is my first Leviathan, I could be wrong. But I've lost other Titans for sure, yeah. Oh, they, they are quite expensive. They're growing. I tend not to lose them. Yeah, so they're growing in value and you don't want to lose them anymore. But they, at a time, they were a, a lot less valuable than they are now. Oh, yeah. I remember times like 38, 40. And you just don't care about that at all. Yeah, that's like T1 prices. 38, 40 billion is not a lot to you, I'm sure. That's the prime Delft days. I, I used to mine with guns in Delft, with Aerocals. It was a pretty good time. Did they know you were there, or were you mining with them with their permission? Uh, they, they know later. I didn't <laughs> tell them. Yeah. <laughs> did they figure out that you were mining there, or? Uh, eventually they did, because I was building grass in Delft. I mined with those vocals and shipped them into NPC station, building grass, battleships. So even though you were building up Winter Coalition and Fraternity, you're still taking advantage of the uh, Delve area. I think you're not the only one. A lot of people were doing that. Oh, yeah. Like, you have to blend in and learn how to be the Empire when you try to do it yourself. So I take guns as a pretty prime example that I could learn from. I 
I think I joined them in 2015. 2015? Oh, okay. 15, 17. Could be there. Pretty early when they just introduced Rumble. Yeah, that would have been about 2016, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they they actually moved to Delve in 2015, about the summer. Uh, but the Oracle wasn't ready yet. That came a little bit later. Uh, but about, I think it was maybe 2016. I should take a look. That's when the Oracle came out. It's 2016, November. Thank you. Okay, yeah, I thought it was about a year after they got there. Um, and then they started building the... Uh, you know, the massive amount of mining and stuff. But you were a student of that because you were there, you were doing it. Yeah, that was a miracle. Yeah, that's hilarious. So can I ask you, and you don't have to answer because it's like a personal question, but um, do you play normally, what chi what uh, time zone do you play in? Is it actually, I'll call it Chinese time zone or? Uh, okay, well, recently I only play when it's needed. So... When there's important timers, uh, when CMFCs couldn't attend, I will be their replacement. And usually it will be US or EU time zone because there's not just not much things to do in AU time zone anymore. Ever since we uh, get the Keepstar zone and there's no offensive timers, you don't have to enter Keepstar in AU time zone anymore. I think that's about a thing to the whole world. Like, AU time zone anchor stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You anchor stuff. That's your job. So that's Once your it's done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's your role is to make sure stuff gets anchored deep in the night uh, for the rest of the world. Right. But it's not necessarily nowadays. They, uh, the Pappy Ally fleet has a pretty advantage in EU time zone in the US if they commit. Right? If they commit, if they organized properly. Um, so Ford and Test NC just tend to anchor on their own. Yeah, you seem to put down that whole Keepstar train that went from Catch all the way to Aquarius. You seem to be putting down a lot of Keepstars, at least three that I could count. Um, is that? Yeah, it's what, five or six. Five or six. It, okay. I, transfer, I transfer them back to the Ford and NC lots because uh, they were fighting in front of them, right? Mm -hmm. They were strangling with uh, with initiative and Taz was doing, I think, doing things in better basis. So they're kind of occupied and there will be timer in their time zone. It would be convenient for me to just do this for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was... It's not a high risk. Yeah. I can't, I can't think of anybody that can really challenge Winter Coalition. Like, not, I, I won't take a lot of credits for it. It's just not high risk. When you're far away from Delve. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, so, so you just tend to be very calm. Right. At that hour. Right. Um, and, but, but normally you play in kind of close to downtime normally, like without a war. Is that right? I don't know if you heard the question, Noros. Okay. I think we're having connection problems. Noros, are you still there? Yeah. He's writing me. So he might've. We kind of had connection. That's why I was repeating stuff. Yeah, he's getting really low um, pings. Okay, that happens with Discord. It's too bad. He's such an interesting guy. So we'll see if we can still have him. All right. Well, speak up, Noros, when you get a chance. I'll go ahead and go on. There's a lot of questions I have for you, too. 
Um, but instead of talking to it like a sleeping cat, where you don't where you don't know if he's paying attention to you or not, I'm going to go ahead and move ahead. And when he talks again, I'll come back to him. All right. How's it going now? Oh, there you are. Sleeping cat is awake. Really good. I can hear you. Cool. But, but normally you play uh, around downtime. Like if there's no war, that's when winter is active. Right. We mostly Chinatimes, which is right after downtime. Now, I saw a picture a long time ago, and it was fraternity meeting. And it was like 20 guys around a table, and it looked like a boardroom. And you guys had a big screen on because a presentation was going or something. Uh, oh, you mean like in a real life meeting? Yeah, it's a player meetup. It's not exactly a, like, not exactly a meeting. Okay, so it so, was right after the tutorial, and we were lost. So I took a break, and we met up in a beautiful city in China. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it was a player meetup, uh, it, but it looked like a boardroom, which was kind of neat. <laughs> they specifically they specifically set it up, just trying to get the pictures done. Oh, really? So, so it was it was yeah, it's a meme. It's a meme. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Because I I had also heard that the way that you play Eve is different from the way other people play Eve. Like you're much more organized, almost more corporate. Okay. I, I'd love to hear that, but sure. Where did you hear this from? I've never thought about like me being more organized. I just think um I should put things in order. I don't know, it triggers my OCD. Yeah. All right. You know, uh, as well as I do, Wind Spirits. And he was... Oh, yes. Yes. Wind Spirits was the founder of Fraternity. Uh, but he, you inherited it. He gave it to you to take care of it. And he left for a while. And he came back recently and joined, of all places, the Imperium. He joined Goonswarm. Uh, did you notice That's that? Right. Of course. Um, he he called with me a few days before we came back. And asking uh, if there's anything going on in the game. And I told him, well, that's, a, that's another World War B. Would you like to join? <laughs> and he was like, it's, it could be too much, you know, blobbing, boring stuff. He doesn't like the, he doesn't like to be the winners. He loves to, to make him friends in the deep trench. And I think that works out for him. Yeah. He joined the Ranger Regiment. No, he joined the guns, but was leading Ranger Regiment fleet because uh, he's stuck in China as well. Like, oh, okay. Because of the coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. So he wanted to fight for the underdog. He didn't want to be part of an overwhelming winning group. And, yeah, always. Yeah. So, and it's a good time to make friends with people in the trenches when their back is against the wall. That's when you want to help somebody. Exactly what he said. Yeah. Well, I know that too. Like I, um, the, I say like, I know that too, like it's wisdom, but, but I know that because I have an example in my life too, where I was doing interviews with, uh, some executives in Hollywood. My brother knew them and he introduced me. And one of the executives was the, uh, the CMO of uh, 20th century Fox. And so I got to talk to him for about a half hour, which was a long time. And he asked me, because I was working at a small studio, he's like, how is this, uh, this executive? And I was like, oh, I think he uh, actually just left. Uh, he was pushed out. It was a TV executive. And he goes, oh, I'll have to call him. 
And it struck me because I thought, oh, why did you ask about this executive and why do you need to call him now that he's no longer important? Now, I don't know how I asked that question, but that's kind of what I asked. And he said, oh, no, that's exactly when you reach out to people, when they're in transition, when they're down on their luck or when they're in trouble. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting and it's been a lifelong lesson. Like you don't help somebody that is winning. They don't need your help and it won't be appreciated. Yeah. On the other hand, right? I guess, well, you're right. And I guess your friends, like, um, takes pretty much advantage of that. But um, I do believe when and Elon, they both joined this one shortly after the war. I believe they do have in a great time in games. And probably made some friends at all. Yeah. Yeah. The... Um... Okay, another part of you. So you're a very interesting Eve player, and uh, I wish we had a really good connection to talk. We've met you and I. We met in Las Vegas, 2018. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, I can vouch he's very handsome uh, for all the Eve players that care about that thing. <laughs> but oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> but um, you were there, and it was so funny because you and actually Wind Spirits at the time were were talking to Elo and Headliner, and kind of like um, you, we were having meetings, which I thought was really interesting. I I walked away to give you guys privacy, um, but I thought that was uh, pretty cool. And, and again, you're a very interesting player in Eve Online because you're you've been a leader, you've been a very active leader, and you guys uh, as Fraternity had really taken over the top spot in NPC ratting. And then comes all these changes from the dynamic bounty system and the uh, encounter surveillance system, uh, the ESS. How has that affected you? That has been quite effective. Right? Uh, there was like a, the ore change that, affects, that is affecting to locals. And there's the, uh, the super EHP change, loss of alliance. Super writing and them things. But FRT survived both until the DBS and ESS. I think there's a quite good hit. It's a it's a long D change, like I said, like I said before, but um it does impact my members a lot. Well the active member. Like I do appreciate CCP to reverse the uh the drone aggression changes. Otherwise it could be worse. But we do see it's understandable when you take something away and people just don't like to adapt to change, you know, yeah. just don't want to get out the comfort zone. But I guess we will have to. And I feel like uh, OS or the deep NOSAC, it's not beneficial for a big alliance because you don't keep everybody in the same umbrella within one region and keep your population pressures. It doesn't work anymore. So you have to spread out and you will want to access different parts of the regions, different kinds of resources. There's only a few places that allows you to do that in the game. So yeah, we're considering moving virtually at least. Yeah, so I heard a rumor that you guys, of course, you took, how big was the hit that you took? I, at one point, you said it was like a 50% drop in income. You're still yeah, clearly way above the So yeah, 50%? About 50, 300 bill incomes per month. Uh, that's only for the alliances. It's like 
after tax. So it could be worse for the land numbers. And the active number has dropped a bit. The fleet numbers, I think 30%. Yeah. You know, 30% is about the same as uh, Goon Swarm and Test and Horde dropped during Blackout. It was about 30% of their membership. Oh, really? Yeah. I had, I didn't keep a track on that. But Blackout, when Blackout happened, it was AFK. And that was still in the middle of the war. I didn't trust that, but I guess it could be the same effect. Yeah. Yeah. So people just don't like to log in and here is the um, cyberpunk. Yeah. If they can't make as much as they were making, it just feels like a big hit. Uh, but you said mm -hmm. that uh, you dropped maybe 300 billion and that's just for the fraternity. That's only effort because we don't test and we don't have their yes. That's the only resource. The reliable way we can track them other times. Yeah. All right. And so I heard another rumor that, because uh, that's a pretty significant drop, that you guys were moving to Vale. Is there any truth to that? Hmm. I'm moving, but um, we haven't decided a like a definite destination yet. So it could be well, very likely to be well, obviously. But it also could be somewhere near that part of the region. Okay. I, was that something private that was supposed to stay private? I didn't hear it from you. It, I heard it from someone else. I know. Like, it's not, it's not something private. We openly announced that in the state of the alliance, but we didn't tell members where we're going. So we currently have a stage appointing well already, and it keeps. Yeah. And but obviously, one region will not hold a lot of us. A lot of it's pretty uh, on its limit to hold as many people mm -hmm. and Bell of Silence a much smaller region. So either we go to Geminate or we go to Tribute basically. So Geminate or Tribute, but definitely towards the north. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that's part of that is how much room that you guys need because you kind of have to spread out in order to uh we have to test. I was tracking down the DBS. I was asking IT to do a um a a paper, like an active tracker, a map about the DBS, mm -hmm. and from there we can decide uh, how spread it out we actually are. Try to figure out to reverse calculate the system. Were you able to calculate how spread out you were, or yeah? You're... Oh, okay. Yeah. If you so... take the oh, DBS, mm -hmm. yeah. I love these talents, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So talented people created a, a way for you to see how spread out your people were among a region. And that allows you to say, that's how much space we need. And so you can say, we can't move there. That's too small. We can't move there. That's too small. Here's areas where we can move and you can make a better decision. Is that what happened? Yeah, exactly. And we try to be careful with our neighbors as well. So I, uh, it's, it's not... Like it's kind of scary uh, when you see FRT come from come from like miles away. They might think like, okay, so this alliance might invade us someday. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be like that way. So I try not to trigger every one of my neighbors. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But it's not a commitment. You're not saying you're moving to the north. It's just you're looking at possibilities now, or have you made a decision to move, but you don't know how long you're going to stay. I would say in three, four months, probably. And we're going to have to 
partially moved. We will keep the deal stager concept like Tesla's. Mm -hmm. uh, I know ProGuard announced that they will have a Eastern and Western space. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, we're probably going to do the same. Oh, okay. And it's much, it's much, much more because oh. the time zone yeah i see nobody's gonna yeah the eight we don't really care about the adms because who's gonna intel right right so let me let me just review for the crowd because your connection's a little bit hard for us to understand but you don't you don't really care about adms and you think you're capable of living in the north and in owasa where you're at now at the same time like test is doing because they're going to have an eastern eastern I don't know, civilization and a Western, uh, they're going to take over Delve and Aquarius and period basis, but they're going to try to hold the space that they have now in, in catch and impasse. And you might do the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's very interesting. Now, one more question for you, and I really appreciate the time. This is something that fascinates me. When this war started, you put out a uh, and, and all leaders did. They put out a speech that said, you know, what their objectives were. Yours wasn't live, and it was probably in Mandarin, uh -huh. so, so we didn't hear it. But I read it, a translation of it, and it was very interesting. You were saying, these are the days like the three kingdoms. The aftermath of this war will determine the future, and you wanted to be a part of that. Was it something like that? Yeah, I remember that. I did say that. And it's true. I I still believe it because uh, when you see the map, you don't you don't feel the same certainty like the pre World War B. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Pure Blind and Declan. I know they're fighting currently fighting over each other, but they don't make much progresses. And in, in the south, you probably have legacy holding sixteen regions, and they're not that stable because uh, uh, the Curse local and the Relic Losac local. They're all adding up, and you don't feel like the same cohesion the game used to do when uh, in the Imperium and Legacy are close allies for five years. So a lot of things have changed, and you probably won't go back to the way for at least a long time. You don't, you don't expect uh, people just making new allies and friends in such short time notice. So it will stay like this for a while, I believe. And it's quite fascinating when you can watch over this from a far distance, right? Mm -hmm. And you can kind of choose to third party without committing, you know, without taking any risks. I took the war without any risks. What's my losing condition? Not really. The only thing that may be like, the only thing I might lose is uh, if I miss it, right? So, yeah. So the only thing you might lose is what? So I, you dropped out. Uh, it's it's if I miss out the war. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Because you won't have any, you won't have a seat at the table, I guess, or I don't know. FRT is too big. Like I always take FRT is too big uh, to play Swiss. So you you need to take one side, one way or another. And I don't really like guns. Uh, I think that's every Why? problem Why? you can count down. Why don't because you like, why don't you like goons? For every, I, I do not really like goons because for every problem, when you trace up, and you always see goons at the end of it because of goons will have to like because goons would do A, B, or C. 
and then you can't. Your plan is to be realistic, to be actionable, right? Yeah. So you're saying that every scenario that you map out strategically for your guys, when goons are on the board, it limits yeah. your choices. French, exactly. Yeah. Do you have any problem with the Imperium or Goon Swarm specifically, uh, culturally or as players or any of that? Or is this just a strategic move? It's just business. It's not personal. It's mostly business. Like, I'm not a very old leader uh, in the game. So, um, I I didn't like talk to Midhani. Uh, before the war at all. I believe we only talked once. And um, yeah, I I think probably my English and non-Chinese uh, member corps might have their history with guns. Uh, it could be the way, yeah. They might have something in person. But for me, it's mostly business. Yeah, because you don't have all that bad history like Vince Drakenwood with Matan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you say, oh, yeah, because you recognize... Uh, I was in the NCR uh, when the glassing happened. Yeah, I was in the NCR in and out. Yeah, were they mad? Uh, when the, were they mad? No, 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 no. No, not really. They they took that pretty well. Um, but before that, I know they have a long history. Bob, you can all trace that away. Yeah. So I wasn't part of that. Right. I didn't join until after B Tech. Yeah. Well, I have to say, when we did have a show on the arrival or the growing numbers of the uh, Chinese players, uh, not not just in Serenity, but they had, they'd come to Tranquility, our server, and the excitement that was around the possibilities of what this meant. It was the birth of a whole new time zone, and you guys have really delivered in a big way. You've put yourself on the board. You've grown faster than any other group. You're not a long-time leader, but you're just as powerful, if not more powerful, than a lot of these guys no, have been playing a long time. definitely not more powerful. Please, uh, I, I take the compliment. But thank you. For that. <laughs> you don't want a target but on your back. <laughs> okay. No, not really, but seriously, to be fair, we're not powerful as this older alliances. Not as much. Um, I think, we yes, we do the Chinese time zone. They do deliver a different possibilities. Not always positive, okay, but we're trying to. Mm. And uh, you can see the Koreans and Japanese are coming in. They both issue their own localization, the client, so which is a pretty good point. Uh, if you go to Lhosa, that's I would say that's 30% of Lhosa people are now Korean. Really? That's Yeah, that's fascinating. That is fascinating. So 30% of Losec is Korean? Maybe less than that, but definitely the growing test. That's where they like to be, low sec. Uh, that probably because Siege Green is the biggest uh, Korean ethnic group and they live in low sec. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I recommend you to talk with uh, their CEOs, interesting people. I will. Yeah. And you said Japanese as well. Mm, they, I think they launched this uh, local Japanese client I think, two weeks ago. Yeah. It's still, uh, we're not sure how that would go. Mm -hmm. Maybe they don't like this game. Maybe they'll just don't like this. Game. They prefer the app. Yeah, but it could be. 
All right, a couple other things. One thing that Hilmar said was he was fascinated at the differences in cultures and how they accept EVE Online. And he said that the uh, Eastern cultures like uh, Korea or Japan or China, like they don't mind a complicated user interface. Has that been your experience? For me personally, I like my UIs tidy. Um, but I can't say that for everybody. You like a, a tiny UI, you said. Yeah, a tidy stuff. Oh, tidy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So but uh, I, I'm not sure why he would make that comment. But, um, it might be the people who I do it. believe. Yeah, probably. I, I believe he works a lot with the Natties people. That's that, where the comments come from. But um, we never talked. Like, we never talked privately. I think there are a lot more to the level for the Eastern culture than just the, the UI stuff. We, we bring a totally different mentality. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is not appreciated by everybody, but it's something that you have to accept. You have to adapt and you have to consider, well, there's something, something different from you, something different from you. It might add, so you have to plan out. Yeah. All right. So you like a tidy interface. Maybe you're a little more Western oriented in that sense. Well, um, one more thing from you um, before we let you go. What is your what is your vision of Eve going into the future? What are some of the things you would like to see, or some of the things that you're going to concentrate on that are interesting you interest you in into the future? Hmm. I hope they probably. I hope. I wish they could put more effort in in the Delft team. I know it's a small company. Uh, I know the resources is limited, but I do hope they could listen more to the players. Like some changes we've been asking for decades, and it's still the same way. And probably CCP, they know or not, probably. I don't know. But uh, those are some valuable ideals that come from the players, and they should seriously consider them. Right, so more yeah. more devs uh, to develop the game more and to the ship balance. Ship balance is something really critical. Like the the block problem, the M plus one won't be as severe as right now if the ship meta, you know, balance that out. If like you already have the diminishing return on items on modules, mm -hmm. why wouldn't you have a diminishing return on numbers, on fleet numbers? Yeah. That seems like where you should that seems like where they so, should fix it, but yeah, ship so, balance is something very critical. So ship balance and N plus one, they got to figure out a way to mitigate that to to make it less important. Instead of just adding new ships. Yeah. All right, cool. And can you tell me uh, what's happened with Miss Rabbit? She made a great entrance into the game. Very interesting. Not really. Do you no, um, not, not really? <laughs> I, I haven't heard about her. Okay. I think she, she went on to Serenity. Serenity. She has a, oh. yeah, yeah. She has a pretty good uh, connection to Serenity PIBCC, and right. she was in AOM uh, in case lies. So they went to Serenity. Surely after, I guess there's not much going on for the for AOM, mm -hmm. you know, in this circuit. That's right, and it's it's not like you talked to her all the time, but you were on her show at one point, I think. Ah, I try to forget that part. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry, I reminded you. Okay. Uh, yeah. I have to brace myself sometimes. It's okay. Why, uh, why do you have Sorry. a pro Okay, you were never on Serenity. I don't know if everybody knows that, but you were not a Serenity player. Correct? Uh, right. I never played that. You never why would you ask? That? Well, my question is, why does fraternity have a problem with PIBC on tranquility? Why are you, And that's AOM, right? AOM is PIBC on tranquility. So AOM and you do not get along. But why is that if you don't have any resentment towards them from if, serenity? If I have to go, okay. I admit it's something personal, but it's only personal for me to another leader. Uh, if you have to, if I have to go down to the details, that wouldn't be appropriate for your show because it's a, right. a lot of personal stuff, you know, and real life politics stuff. So I would rather not to touch that. Oh, but interesting. It's honestly just, yeah, between me and another AOM leader. Uh, I, I admit, like, my land members, they probably have a problem attached from this, but I do not. I see. So, purely, yeah. So they have their own issues with AOM. It's different. Yeah. I might have to take advantage of that, but uh, it's totally different. Yeah. And you have your own, you have your specific issues with somebody who leads AOM. And you said they're somewhat political in real life, and we can just leave it there. But that's very interesting. And that, that happens in EVE Online all the time. All the time, really? Okay. Yeah, it yeah, does. I guess it's more sensitive because um, in our culture, we take this a lot more serious. So it's yeah. hard to, you'd have to be careful not to cross the line. So I'd, I'd rather not to talk about that a public show. You know, yeah. That. yeah, yeah. Well, we can respect that. We won't try to, to get it out of you. But, but we do like understanding the whole people not just the players on the game, but like the thinking that goes behind the character is, is important to try to figure out what, that's where a lot of interesting things happen. But you're not the only one. Uh, there have definitely been real life politics between Goonswarm, the Matani and Pro God Legend really don't like each other. And a lot of it I think has to do with real life politics. They're on different sides of the politics. And one of the reasons uh, Matani at one point said, you know why I wanted to kill Nelly Segunda? Because of, and he said, real life politics. And I don't know if that's true or not, but he said that that's the reason that motivated him to try to kill Nelly Segunda. And he's tried to do it a couple times. He even hired Pandemic Legion to actually kill them. And it worked. He killed them with Pandemic Legion's help. I was Nelly when we were elected. You were Nelly? He was my CEO, Pro God. <laughs> I didn't know that. I was in there too. Were you there during BTEC uh, R? Uh, shortly after BTEC R, like the same day. Okay. Well, we, we must have switched places because I left right before BTEC R, I think, and joined NC Dot. Uh, but I was living. That's pretty much the, yeah, it was the same. The it was the same. It was like the big brother. But, um, but I was living in BTEC R when the battle happened. That was my home station. <laughs> Nobody else was. It was a mining colony, and that's where I was doing all my mining and stuff. I even have an orca that's still in BTEC R station. Wonder why there's a couple hundred titans jumping to my system. Yeah, that's what it was like. I was at work, and I was like, Titan fight? BTEC R? Oh my god, that's like right above my head. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, that was interesting. 
All right, Nora, so good to talk with you. I want to talk with you again. We'll get a better connection. Uh, or at some point, we'll meet up again sometime. But do appreciate hopefully next year. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Thank you. Thank you. Do appreciate you coming by, taking some time to talk with us. And uh, anytime you'd like to talk again, we'd like to do it. All right, thanks. Hey, later. All right, that was Noros. Uh, he just lost uh, Leviathan because after a fleet, he uh, took a nap, as he said earlier, and forgot that it was out there. It got tackled and destroyed. Um, but when you're someone like Noros, he, he takes it seriously, and those he has access to yet another Titan, and he has lost Titans in the past. But this is a guy that uses these ships to actually play this game. Uh, as other leaders like a Nully, uh, sorry, like a Villy would do, and um, other other FC leaders will use Titans to do things uh, often. So uh, it's not surprising that he lost it, but uh, the way he lost it is kind of funny. Yeah, probably already replaced it, says Thrawn. All right, uh, let's go on to one other thing. We were talking about uh, Initiative and Condi doing roaming gangs, and they've been hunting efficiently and catching multiple fire coalition. We were just looking at one uh, battle report, and now we'll look at the other. Uh, total, they have, and again, these are initiative, now these are goon swarm bombers. So this is Initiative or the other. Uh, battle report that we saw and they had hundreds of bombers it looked like and so really uh the imperium is bombing the heck out of fire coalition that's that's what these brawls are so that makes a difference right You're, these aren't head-to-head -head, you know battleship fights these are bombers catching fire fire coalition not catching fire but catching fire coalition and uh really putting a hurting on them over 100 billion in two days Okay, and our last piece of news was kind of interesting, and I'm not familiar with this, so we'll have to investigate a little bit. But uh, a Russian group, mostly a guy multi-boxing 10 different characters. Let me bring this up so you can read it with me. Uh, 10 different characters has been creating timers all across high-class wormhole farms for content. He's been mostly feeding his fleets, but nonetheless indiscriminate about who he hits. Nobody really knows who he is or why he's doing it, he has another timer coming up tomorrow with Singularity Syndicate in their 5-5 Magnetar, highly coveted farm hole, uh, tomorrow at noon. So tomorrow at noon, he's hitting Syndicate. And I don't know, I want to call this guy Zorro because nobody knows who he is and nobody knows why he's doing it. But he's hitting these guys that are well-established Something of heavyweights, because uh, he's indiscriminately hitting everybody. And here's a list of, uh, so, let's hit, uh, MGLA, that's a Russian alliance, uh, unknown Russian alliance, a little red writing hole, that's a funny name, I wish I didn't love it so much, but it's hilarious. Um, Wormhole Society, US, uh, Singularity Syndicate, US, Nameless Alliance, EU, Foxhole Enclave, EU. So he's been uh, he's been busy, this guy. Yeah, Fittis, let's see, the farm hole uh, battle report. We'll bring that up. And yeah, so he's got, so here's, here he is feeding. I think this is him here. Uh, he lost all his ships, but 
I don't know. I've got to watch this guy. He's doing something interesting in wormhole space. Oh, those are Aoses. Those aren't even Myrmidons. Uh, that's a uh, command ships. I think actually they got a nice uh, buff not long ago that brought them back into contention. Uh, they were not used very much before that. Okay, so that's what's going on. And one last thing before we go. Um, this is a Griffin Ball. It is an event that you can partake. It's uh, 1900 Eve time in T5Z. That's the middle of the battle zone, right? That is Pappy headquarters in Delve. One jump out from 1DQ. And so I'll just read this to you. I hereby announce the first Griffin Ball event. I got 300 Griffins with a T1 tractor beam and 150 molluses. These are frigates with damps, those dampeners, as handouts. So if you show up, you can use these. I suppose if you're allowed to dock, so it might be just for Pappy. Objective will be to drag a wreck. I got 300 griff, oh, sorry, drag a wreck from the kickoff over 50 kilometers to the enemy goal. <laughs> so I think you have to drag a wreck across the finish line. That's kind of funny. Uh, with your tractor beam. Meanwhile, you get jammed by the opposing team, so you don't, so you damp their jammers. Everyone jams and damps everyone. Chaos will ensue. Did I tell you already that only one person at a time is able to tractor beam a wreck? Okay, I can start to see why they said this is going to be something like, um, what did I say? Like a Harry Potter. Uh, but you might want to check this out. Uh, I'll try to get more information on this for you guys uh, in the link in the show notes on YouTube. Uh, but check it out. It is called the Griffin Ball, and it's happening in T5Z, 1900 Eve time. I don't have a date here, uh, and I don't see it. But I will put that into the notes as well, unfortunately. Oh, I'm sorry. There it is, the 24th. That is today or tomorrow, uh, depending on where you are in the world. It's tomorrow for us in the U.S. time zone. But 1900 tomorrow, uh, that is roughly about 15 hours from now. Okay, and that's all the news we have today. Thanks again to Noros for stopping by and hanging out with me and uh, having a chat. Uh, great guy. Thanks, guys. Have a great holiday. <laughs>